It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What does Boogie's Achilles injury mean for his career and free agency? How does OKC handle the season-ending injury of Andre Robertson? What trades will get done by the trade deadline? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast slash live show. As always, I'm joined by Dave Dufour. And it's a Sunday night, so we're back at it and doing our normal thing. And Dave is not frozen for now, so I'm very excited about that. Dave, thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, hopefully. You sound uh, like you're excited. All right, Sunday night. Yeah, Lots of things to talk Sunday about. Sunday night. Actually, man, it's kind of a bummer of a weekend it uh, is. For, the, for the NBA. Um, you know, Friday night I was watching uh, Boogie Cousins rupture his Achilles, and, and that was horrible. And then last, last night... Uh, Andre uh, Robertson rupturing his patellar tendon. Uh, both of those guys out for the year. Uh, you know, best of luck to them in uh, in the rehab and all that. I guess Robertson had successful surgery today, um, and uh, I think Boogie's having it soon. So, um, you know, just to talk about Boogie for a minute and this injury, I don't think the Achilles injuries are the death knell that they used to be. I mean, Rudy Gay came back looking fantastic. Now he's had some heel issues. Um, I don't know if they're related, but, uh, you know, Rudy Gay was looking really good, still looked explosive and he was ready at the start of the season. He actually had his injury, uh, about a week. Um, so like the January 19th or so, uh, of last season. So, you know, he got back pretty quickly and, and Wes Matthews was back pretty quickly from his a couple years ago. Um, not quite back all the way, but but Rudy Gay to me kind of looked the best. Um, okay, and then yeah. Boogie's also not like a, a an above the rim kind of like super explosive guy, so I don't know I don't know if it's going to have a similar effect. How do you feel? Well, I am worried because he is definitely the biggest of anybody we're talking about here who's had it, uh, and it's a lot of weight. And it's also a mechanical thing the way he moves. Uh, my buddy B Biomechanics, who we interact with a lot on Twitter. Uh, had been talking about his functional movement for a long time uh, and how it's been off, the way he lands, the way he moves. So he was not surprised at all that that happened. Uh, I have a feeling, and he actually had some clips earlier in the game where you saw some kind of awkward movements that would have probably micro-tears here and there and that happened, they build up and eventually just snaps. Because I have to say, it was completely unimpressive, the actual play where the uh, Achilles tore. Was it a complete tear, do you know? It was, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it was certainly nothing, anything, you know, Kobe's was like, you know, 100 times worse comparatively when you saw how it worked, how it happened. So, um, you know, it's it's that that's a troubling thing for me. And I don't know how dedicated, you know, Boogie is to training. And I have no doubt that for Rudy Gay to be able to come back like that, it must have been the hardest work he's ever had to do in his life. Wes Matthews, to me, doesn't still doesn't look like he's back. like he's And he's not back the way he used to be, which is really too bad. Right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really iffy on the whole thing. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's not it's not an ideal scenario. Um, at the same time, this might also be we might see Boogie come back in the best shape of his career. Yeah, because of the rehab. So, you know, if we're looking on the bright side, which of course it's a terrible situation, but you know, this is the best thing to do. Um, you know, maybe maybe he comes back and he's lighter, and his body is. You know where where we all kind of like wish it could have been for his entire career. Um, you know I don't know. Um, it, it's it's a weird situation for him. You know like Gordon Hayward being injured uh, three minutes into the season obviously was horrific. Yeah. But uh, the the silver lining there is that Gordon Hayward already got paid. Right. And oh yeah. So when when I'm thinking about Boogie, the first thing that pops in my head uh, beyond oh my god it's terrible that Boogie is hurt when you start extrapolating from there. And you you know you think about the bigger picture. Well, Boogie's a free agent this summer, and he was going to be a max player. So oh, the question is, yeah. is, are the Pelicans going to bring him back, which seems more like more likely now? Yeah. Um, but at what number are they going to bring him back? And is it going to be one of these things where you know he takes less money and signs a longer deal? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, this summer. It can't be – well, it can't be for Max, right? I think at this point, I mean, I, I would be surprised because he's simply an unknown quantity. He's not even going to come back at all. So I would imagine it's less than Max. And uh, I guess at that point it's really a question of whether he likes New Orleans at all or not. Uh, there's a lot to like about it, the city at least. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and what do you make of this notion that they were kind of just starting to figure some things out uh, with the Pelicans Walt, when he was you know, up, up until Friday night? Well, I mean, you know, they were the sixth seed with him, um, and things were starting to look pretty good. And and it was interesting, you know, during that game, I, I was uh, I tweeted out, I wonder how much uh, Tim Duncan and David Robinson footage uh, Alvin Gentry had watched because he was doing some stuff that kind of looked like like some of the things they used to run back in the day. Uh, you know, that Pop used to run for those guys. A little bit of a high-low action. Things that you and I had talked about of ways to make it work. Yeah. Uh, sort of leveraging the fact that both of those guys kind of have range and could put it on the floor. So, um, you know, it, it's – I mean, it's terrible. Obviously, like, I mean, Boogie is also one of the most fun guys. When Boogie is doing Boogie things, he's one of the most fun guys in the league to watch. And, and from a community standpoint, like, there, there's 8 billion reasons to root for Boogie beyond the basketball court. So – you know, I'm just I'm bummed out in general about that. Yeah, I, I hear you. And by the way, like he's not like the best teammate of all time. He's not always the nicest guy on that uh, side. It was nice though to see just how many people across the NBA had you know tweeted out or were giving him props or, or giving him you know encouragement to continue to get better. So that's nice. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I like to see him you know continue to get better uh, at that level. And then just you know, there, there, you can't question the guy's dominance on the court. It's insane. Um, I was kind of curious to check on the uh, the offensive rebounding numbers. It's kind of curious to see when you're playing two bigs like that. Um, they're 26th in offensive rebounds per game, uh, which is really kind of interesting because I was kind of talking earlier today with somebody about how at some point someone's gonna could go back to being big and just trying to dominate the offensive glass because since nobody even goes through the offensive boards anymore, they all want to get back on defense. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, there's AD and Boogie would be that one team that's doing it, and they're not doing it either. So, um, well, that's where OKC had all their success uh, two years ago um, right. in the playoffs was was with Cantor and Adams. Um, you know, we've seen that a little bit with the Spurs uh, when they're going too bigs. So, you know, you know they kind of do the same thing. Um, I don't. I just don't. 
it's so hard because you'll get killed in transition and and so many teams are just fantastic in transition now you know um I, i think it's just too hard to send two guys to the glass but if you've got a guy like like Cantor is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. Steven Adams, one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. You know, if Boogie was one of those, you know, super high motor guys, and it's not that he doesn't make winning basketball plays because he does, um, but but offensive rebounding is very often about effort and motor and not so much about skill or yeah. or uh, talent. Um, yeah. And and so it's not. You know, like his his ability to play basketball and his size is not exactly a good predictor of, you know, oh, well, that guy should be a great offensive rebounder. Right. Well, here's a good question I just saw in the uh, comments from Recon Me asks, who should the Thunder replace Robertson with? Uh, I mean, limited assets is definitely a a key uh, phrase there for them. Uh, And I haven't even kind of processed yet what they're going to do, because I mean, here's the thing with him. They're a top one or two defense. And. You know whether or not you want to give him all the credit or not. Either way, like without him, they drop significantly. Uh, it's an issue. Yeah. Well, tonight uh, Terrence Ferguson got a shot and he played 23 minutes. Um, he was minus 10. Josh Hustis got 19 minutes and he was plus five. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be those two guys sort of splitting the time. Um, I, I'm I'm hoping Ferguson kind of works out. The dude's a freak athlete. I mean, he's one of the best dunkers in the league right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he's just got pogo sticks uh, for legs. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be by committee with those two guys. They actually ran for a little while there. Uh, they, they were running um, Houston, Ferguson, and Grant all at the same time. And I thought that was a really interesting, switchy, long, you know, kind of long-limbed lineup uh, that we might see a little bit more of, um, maybe with Paul George. And then you've got this this crazy two through four versatility that not a lot of teams can match. So I, I think that that's what it's going to be. They, they may look to make a trade. Uh, I don't know what they're going to trade for or who they're going to trade, <laughs> right. but they, they may do that. I mean, it's Sam Presti. Um, well, it, it's, not, it, it's also, it's Sam Presti. It's also, you know, Paul George only on this right? one year deal. Like they, they sure. have the pressure to try and do as much as they possibly can now or else they, everything falls apart. Absolutely. And then, you know, the, the other thing there is that it looks like a is, is sort of the odd man out right now. Um, and so I wouldn't be shocked if a is, you know, if some team kind of put some value on him, uh, he might get moved. Um, sure. Do you you want know, to hear they, the, they are competitive. So do you want to hear the on offer on Robertson in terms of defensive rating? Yes. So I just called it up here because, you know, and again, defensive stats, yada, yada, like all the things are the devil. And but terrible. on and off is – I like on and off for this. I do. I like on and off for everything. I mean, I, you know, although the biggest troll was that LeBron's on off is, is his net rating is negative, negative 0.9. It was until the last couple of games at least, uh, which we can talk about in a second. But um, yeah. the defensive rating when he's on the bench is 108.6, which is about five points higher than, than, the, than the normal overall. When he's on the court, it goes down to – 96.4, a 12-point drop defensively just by him being on the floor. And I don't know if it's all attributed to him, but there's no question when he went down and he's not in the lineup, um, their defense is a lot less effective. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder how many of his minutes he's sharing with Steven Adams and Paul George. Um, but it, it takes three good defenders to make a good defense. You know, one guy can't do it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, I mean, that – that sort of trio of guys, they're so smart, they communicate so well, 
And then Robertson's ability to take a guy and just completely erase him from from the offense is I mean, it's he's if he's not the best in the league, he's one of the two or three best in the league. And um, yeah, they're going to miss it. And, uh, you know, there's another guy. I mean, he did just get a contract and he's going to be coming back from a patellar injury next year. I mean, these are they're brutal. I mean, Jeremy, we saw Jeremy Lin uh, do that. Is that the first game of the year also? Man, this has been a Uh, crazy year for injuries. And I'm sure it's already been a crazy year for you if you've been online dating. The usual flakiness, lazy text messaging, and dead-end conversations have been the norm. But not if you use eHarmony. If you're ready to find your perfect match, then click over to eHarmony now and experience firsthand how thorough their analysis is using years of science, data, and psychological research to send you the right matches. I understood right away that this wasn't a site for meaningless hookups or short-term flings, and you can join the more than a million people that eHarmony has already found matches for. Better yet, right now, you'll get a free month of eHarmony when you sign up for a three-month subscription by using my code COACH at checkout. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started and enter my code COACH at checkout. Uh, we, we've been inching closer to most teams having really good sort of functional movement, uh, at least advisors or uh, consultants on their team to help them understand that. I, I think they're going to end up moving more and more towards that and then expecting the, the players themselves to be more and more uh, efficient with their workouts and more uh, focused on it uh, as a asset, I suppose, uh, too, because sure. we, they can't afford to have these kind of injuries, yeah, especially but, if they could be avoided. So often, I mean, a lot of these non-contact injuries are just, I mean, freak occurrences, you know. Um, the Achilles, I, you know, there's the, – the science is sort of debatable on whether it's an overuse injury or not. Uh, the patellar tendon, from what I understand, it's not typically an overuse thing. Yeah. Um, and if you saw that play, like it – you know, when, when he was laying there on the ground, everyone thought he hurt his back. Yeah. And then only when you, you know, you go back and you really look at the, at the footage, you can see that the issue was on the jump. And, right. and basically that that tendon just gave up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Thunder, you know, it, it really stinks for them because they were starting. I mean, they won tonight in, in Philly and, and they looked pretty good doing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. did you not see the game? Philly played OKC. Yeah, the Thunder. Oh, yeah, I thought we were talking, talking about. Oh, yes, you're no, right. I'm talking I, about know, OKC. I, I, I thought I was thinking of Pelicans for a second. Never mind. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're talking no, about um, OKC. Yes. And and they won tonight, and that takes them to 30 and 20 on the season. Um, so, you know, that's pretty good. Being yeah. 600 is is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and by the way, they could so, they could trade. You know, being instead of being first or second defensive rating, they could trade it to be 10th or so, and and then increase right. the offense, and then you're kind of uh, at the same spot or better. So in theory, that's what yeah. they did. Yeah. And I mean, they're two games out of the three seed right now. So Crazy. just just for some perspective on on how well they've been playing lately. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. And I mean, the trade deadline is what, 10 days away. I know. I know you're excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm waiting excited. to react. I don't even have to predict. I'm waiting to do a video once it happens. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have been predicting all year that this is going to be a slow deadline. 
Actually, I'm going the other way. I think it's maybe there's not going to be, you know, 50 trades. You know, maybe we'll get three or four. Okay. But I think there's going to be some big names moved. And I think Isaiah Thomas is one of those guys that has a high likelihood of being moved. And really? I think Kevin Love has a high likelihood of oh, being moved. I, yeah. No, if I had to pick on the Cavs, I would pick Kevin Love before Isaiah, only because there's no one who wants Isaiah. Right? Yeah, but uh, but Isaiah is an expiring contract. Now, he's only like $6.5 million, so it's not yeah. a ton of money, but it's still an expiring contract. Now, imagine you're a team like Orlando, and maybe you want to take Isaiah Thomas, and you're like, okay, so uh, I'll uh, – you know, I'll, I'll re-sign him this summer, maybe get him in a discount. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I would think that Love, I mean, I've been calling for Love to be traded for a long time. I just felt like he doesn't fit in, and, and he's so bad defensively for them. In fact, there's a great tweet somewhere on Twitter I saw. I can't attribute it, but it was like, he basically was saying, Kevin Love playing defense is like the guy who was walking into a dark room and having his arm out so he doesn't walk into anybody. Um, and it's, <laughs> it is like that. But the problem is, is can you find someone else that's a lot better defensively that can still shoot threes at that position? And I feel like that is the problem. You can't easily find that. Um, what did you make of all that? I know you know you had your, you know one of your, the greatest of all t- uh, tweets you've ever had about uh, love playing, <laughs> playing basketball sarcastically. So we saw that Jeff Green, he threw his thing in Jeff Green's face. But later on in the locker room, Jeff Green was like, man, you make it seem like we were being serious. So, like, I think they were joking, uh, right? Because no one just throws that in the face like that. That's just, that's just too crazy. I, I think the Jeff Green thing was for sure just yes. joking around. But what do you make about the Isaiah, like, handing it to him that way? Now, did they make up and now he's just sort of, you know, having fun with it? Or do you think that was legitimate? I, I mean, I don't know. And, and, again, like, I just thought it was funny. Um because of all the stuff that we that sort of leaked from the locker room and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, it, it was funny that uh, that I said that he was playing sarcastically. Um, the, the one thing I will say is this. Neither LeBron nor Kevin Love were throwing outlet passes up to Isaiah Thomas. Like, it was very obvious in that game. Really? Yeah, they were looking him off for open outlet passes. Um, now, I mean, it was obvious. Now, maybe that was a schematic thing. Maybe they just... You know, hey, we don't want to. We don't want to do that. I don't know. I don't know what their game plan was, um, but <laughs> I've never seen Kevin Love or LeBron not hit an outlet when they when they had it available. So, um, yeah, it, it's. I don't know. I don't know if Kevin Love is actually on the outs with the rest of the team. If this is just an Isaiah Thomas Kevin Love sort of beef. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Could you imagine if? Uh, Let's say, you know, I, I, I'm new at B-Ball Breakdown, and I've been there, you know, a few weeks, and I come out and I say, you know what, uh, hey, Jesse Blanchard, I know you've been the editor for a long time, and you're good at your job, but you really suck at this one thing. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, I just think that it's, uh, you know, well, it, it, it's not right. a good look. Right. Well, especially if the implication was that Isaiah was criticizing Kevin Love for his defense, of all things. Um, right. Because he is just, you know, has equal issues. Um, yeah, it, it's a real interesting problem. Now, you could argue that Isaiah had been there since, you know, the end of the summer. So he wasn't completely new. But I, I also feel like, you know, when guys are uh, having to deal with, um, you know, 
uh, rehab, whatever, they're not always with the team. So he probably, you know, you're right. He was probably only been a member of the team sort of, you know, in everyday context for a very short time. So, yeah, it's a real problem. And, you know, I, I you know, Isaiah blocked me on Twitter, so I don't even know what his thought process <laughs> is anymore uh, at, at this point. How far we've fallen. I was his first champion and now he's blocked me. And so um, I don't know, but he definitely feels like he's part of the problem. Yeah, well, and, you know, we've heard stories about about Isaiah Thomas in the locker room. Um, it's not exactly the first time that, that we've heard about these sorts of issues. And, you know, we all want to root for Isaiah Thomas. And at the same time, like, guys get traded all the time, and he's kind of been whining about it for, for a little bit, so... Um, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's a tricky situation. I try not to like speculate too much on, on stuff that we don't know, but it doesn't sound good. And it, and that, that one little bit of sarcastic passing was kind of, I don't know. It's just funny. Yeah. For those of you who missed it, basically uh, Kevin Love got a rebound and then literally like handed it into Isaiah Thomas's hand, kind of suck his butt out, like being very, you know, like a servant, almost kind of like, here you go. Um, and yeah, it, it's interesting. I need to kind of dig in that footage. I didn't see that game. I need to kind of really watch for what you're talking about because, you know, when I did the video on what was wrong with the Cavs uh, a few days ago, I went through some specific games play by play to really look at like why players are mad at LeBron for not passing more. And it was kind of enlightening. If you don't look at the game for specifically for that kind of thing, it was like Nick Nolte and blue chips. Yeah. Um, you know, then I was like, oh, OK, I'm starting to see. And I still couldn't quite see, like, just holding the ball for assist passes. I don't know if I could quite feel that, but I definitely noticed a lot of plays where I would be annoyed if I was playing with him just because of certain things. So, yeah, it's an interesting issue. Um, and the, here's why I think it's different for the Cavs. People keep saying, oh, every year they go through this. They have a terrible defense, whatever. This just it, this is different. From off court to on court, it's different, and you can't convince me otherwise. And so that's why I feel like this is the really the year where they're gonna they may not make it to the finals. Yeah, well, you and I have had this conversation both on the podcast and just personally. Uh, the Cavs are the one team where tomorrow LeBron could just say, you know what, I'm gonna just score forty a game and carry this team to the one seed and we can both be like, well, of course, because it's LeBron. And so most of what happens for them during the regular season is not instructive. What I've sort of taken to doing is I concentrate on the guys that are not LeBron. Okay. <laughs> right? Isaiah Thomas, not the same Isaiah Thomas from last year. Jay Crowder, not the same guy that he's been the last couple years. And if you pay attention to the Boston media guys, you know, and I know you do, uh, they have been on this sort of train for a couple of years now that he's been on the decline, that, that you know, they were able to hit a lot of what he was doing in Boston was smoke and mirrors. So there's that. Um, Kevin Love, not going to get any better at defense at this point in his career. No. Um, he does, The effort's there, but, you know, it's not going to get any uh, better. Yeah, the effort's I, Listen. I need, I'll give you my Larry David face to you. <laughs> this, this is great, great audio. Yeah, right. Great uh, podcast. Right anyway, well, uh, hey, we, you Tristan, know. Tristan Thompson, um, not looking like himself. Had some injury issues, obviously, but not looking like himself. Well, but wait, um, let's break into that for a second because I had said this. I almost to the point where I'm like, what's going on here? 
I said they got to start Tristan Thompson and go back to that alignment with Kevin Love and, and LeBron James in the front court that way. Lo and behold, they do it the next day, and they win, they've won two in a row now that way. Yeah, I mean, it just it makes sense for a team. Look, if you're struggling, and, and the primary reason that you're struggling is defense, throwing a, a, a better defender in your lineup makes sense. Now, I wouldn't have thought that they would. I would have thought they would have sat Jr. or brought him off the bench rather than Jay Crowder. Well, that that should be next. And yeah, uh, probably for Kyle Korver. Is that where you lean? Uh, well, I mean, here's the problem. Kyle Korver, I think, needs to play more. You know, probably four minutes a game more. Um, the problem is if you give him the starter minutes, then that's probably about seven or eight minutes more. So that right. might not be the exact perfect thing for him. But um, hell, you know. Like like they like they said in war games, I'd piss on a spark plug if I thought that would help. <laughs> uh, so and Crowder basically needs to play like the four, um, and and they need to try to keep him out of switches on 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 smaller guards. He just can't hang with those guys anymore. I mean, there's some schematic stuff they can do, but a lot of his personnel, you know, I mean, it's an old team, it's a real old team. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and I, that's an issue, right? It's sort of just, you know, it's the natural right. way of things. Father time is undefeated, and, and, and that's where we're at. Um, although D. Wade has been good. So, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. Uh, any other questions we can go to in the uh, comments as we move along here? Uh, anything you see? I thought I saw some good ones out here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I saw... Man, you know, I, I wish there was a way to, like, highlight these things. Yeah. Um, well, we finally got to be able to scroll them, and now, you know. How about this one? Let's see what this says. Um, Marshall524 says, some Wolves fans are wanting more Tyus and less Teague. Do they have a point? Thoughts? Uh, I think Teague had a pretty good game recently, but he, I've, I've sort of never been sold on Teague as a starter in the league, believe it or not. So, uh, But then again, I don't know Tyus is uh, either. So what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think I mean Tyus has played pretty well, um, and and you know my thing about Teague is that Teague is sort of like I hate to use this term, but like he's an offensive point guard. Like I don't I don't like his defense at all, and I think that's one of the things that people like about Tyus is that the effort is there on defense. He's fighting over screens, things like that. So um, I don't know, man. I, I think that you and I both agree that Jeff Teague was the wrong guy for them to sign, right? Yeah, during yeah. the off season. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was one of those, we got to sign somebody and we need a point guard. Uh, we, you know, Rubio's gone and, right? Like, that's sort of what happened. Right, because that happened. Rubio left and then they signed him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, well, they traded Rubio, yeah. For the they trade. traded Rubio. All right. So, it's like, yeah, it's a real, like, you know, it's kind of like when they, <laughs> let's keep doing more references. Like, remember when they sing Happy Birthday in uh, Office Space to, um, to, the, to the, whatever, to the, uh, the boss that everyone hates? It's yes. It's sort of like. Happy birthday to you. Welcome, Jeff Teague. Here's your locker. Like, you know, right. so I Here's mean, he's, three years, 19 million a year, 19 million a year. That's what the deal was. Pretty sure. God it's bless America. Well, hey, the country. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, not a good deal in any stretch of imagination. You know what? Thibs is, uh, you know, maybe or Tib, excuse me, Tibbs or Thibodeau uh, is, is some of his luster is being worn off uh, quickly. Um Right. Well, well, you and I have talked about the death of the coach slash GM. Yeah. And how that's probably just going to disappear with this last group uh, for for a while 
until some coach comes along and and like cons another team into it. Oh, Jesus, uh, like you know, uh, Stan Van Gundy has not done an amazing job in in Detroit, uh, doing both both jobs. Um, I don't I don't think aside from getting Jimmy Butler, which by the way, um, you know, I don't think that that was super smart. It was just okay. Jimmy Butler is a top fifteen player. Let's go get him. Right, like it's a no-brainer, is what I mean. Um, not that it wasn't a good move; it was a great move, but it's a no-brainer move, right? Like you, you do that anytime. Um, I haven't seen him kind of nail the things that good front offices nail, right? Like the fringe yeah. stuff. Well, um, and also, like you know, defensively, they're, they're not nailing that either. In a way, that was supposed to be his thing, and start, you start to think that oh, maybe it was Ron Adams more than him uh, in Chicago. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> no. know. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, you know. But 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 then again, uh, signing Taj Gibson right now. Taj Gibson's been pretty good this year. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Um, I, but I think that that's going away. I mean, obviously Doc lost his power. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we're going to see Stan Van Gundy right. sort by of way, in the but, same boat. But we're talking about Minnesota as if they're like they're like trash. They're like they're thirty-two right. and twenty. They're, they're fourth. Scene. You know, they're doing. They're they're on their way towards where they want to be. Um, I just feel like, yeah, there's going to be a, there's a couple of albatrosses pulling them down, uh, you know. Uh, so Antigua being one of them, Bielitsa might be a guy who is, is, is you know not going to get them where they need to go either. Uh, Gorgie Jang might be a guy too. It's like there's a, there's some interesting pieces that don't all sort of fit together. Heck, the right. Butler and Wiggins thing is working okay, but uh, that that's also a little bit of an interesting uh, thing as well. Although that you could argue that they are sort of in alignment to be able to guard the Warriors okay with that alignment. Sure, but Although, have you have you considered yes at all what this team is going to look like by the time the playoffs roll around after having played all of these minutes? Oh. Like, is that a concern? Because I mean, like it could be argued they're sort of overachieving now yeah. by by playing their best players into the ground. You know, and that's great. I mean, hey, you know, you're going to make the playoffs. You're probably going to be one of the top four seeds in the West, and that's that's fantastic. But, you know, by the time the playoffs roll around, you may have guys who have just no legs. Yeah. Oh, I, so, I absolutely. And that's, that's always been an up, issue with right. with uh, Tibbs teams. We'll see, especially because they don't really have a lot of experience either, so they don't even know what the playoffs are like except for Butler. So it's like, you know – uh, they, you know, but then again, they're young. Who knows? It, it could go either way. But you're right. It, it seems like that the, the, he'd probably be better off taking a little bit of a patient pop and like just getting more development. So it's not right. even almost like he's running him in the ground as much as the other guys are not getting enough reps and development either. If um, Jimmy Butler gets hurt, right? Knock on wood, because we don't want that to happen. Because Jimmy yeah. Butler is fantastic and he's probably in the MVP conversation. Uh, you know, like a top five guy for MVP. Yeah. Um, if he were to get hurt. I mean, yeah, that's a first round exit guaranteed. Oh, yeah. they're out. So, you know, they don't have any. I mean, most teams don't have anyone to, to pick up the slack for a superstar. This is not unique to Minnesota, um, but there there's just no hope for them to fill those minutes because they don't know what they have. I mean, none of those guys at, down at the bottom of the bench ever get any run. Yeah, um, no, I hear you. Yeah. Here's a question we have somewhere in the, in the comments asking about the Wizards. Are they going to make a move? And, and by the way, I have a couple of comments like, Jesus, Nick, what did I say that was so, uh, you know, a few minutes ago that was so upsetting? I don't even know now at this point. It's late know. on Sunday. Uh, I don't know, but I'm frozen in a way that makes me look like I'm singing 
some kind of Italian opera. Yes, exactly. It's good. It's a good right. look for you. So, yeah. Well, so let's get back to Washington and the Wizards as we begin to think about uh, the the end of the show. Uh, the Wizards. I've been advocating all year long that it's probably time, and everyone sort of looked at me funny, which is what happens a lot to me. Um, even walking down the street, people look at me funny. So, and I'll never know why. I don't. Uh, anyway, um, is it my fashion? I don't know. Anyway. But they look at me funny about it, but it's like, come on now. They've had this group together. They've certainly had Wall and Beal together for enough time for me. to, And they've had two coaches now, and they've tried a couple different things. And, you know, uh, there are some positive signs there that you can think you want to build on. But I don't know. At some point, this still feels like there's a ceiling here, and they've hit it. Um, it's possible. And and I guess the, the, the question was, will they make any moves? Is that the question? Yeah, I guess. Or is there a move for them to make? I mean, I, they're, they're not going to trade Beal or Wall, are they? No, I don't think so. But their history suggests that they're going to make a move and probably going to deal their pick. Um, it's just what they do. Why? What's the, their history? They they deal their pick every year. Oh. <laughs> every year. Uh, last year it was for uh, Bohan Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah. Uh, the year before was – was that the, for Paul Pierce or was that two years ago? I don't remember. It was okay. a couple of years ago. Anyway. Uh, yeah, they're going to deal that pick, uh, I would guess, if you you know if I was placing a bet. Um, but you know the the issue is we we like we, they need to play Ubre more. Probably just start him and bring Morris off the bench. Um, they still need more bench help. Yeah, could you? I'm actually kind of almost thinking out loud here about like, could you just do? Yeah, if you started Ubre. Can you do Porter, Ubre, yeah, Beal, Wall, and um, Gortat, like Gortat? super small, but yeah. like long? Yeah, it would work. Um, I, I believe. I mean, that's. I think that's their best lineup. So, because I'm looking, let me check real quick what they're doing because they're starting Morris, right? Um, instead, yeah, Morris and, and Ubre comes off the bench. Yeah, because imagine if Mark if Markeith Morris gets to go against the second units more, that's interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. that might be something. Yeah, you could sort of use him as like the fulcrum, you know, maybe like you split up Wall and Beal a little bit, play them with with Morris and uh, and the second units. And I mean, you, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, yeah. The Jan the Mahinmi situation is sort of like a I mean, obviously, it was a bad contract for them since since he's always hurt. Um, but it really is handcuffing them just from a personnel standpoint. Like they're, they're just not in a good in a good spot. They really could use a nice backup big. Right. Preferably one that could stretch the floor a little bit. Well, for what it's worth, he's played in almost every game this year, yeah. but he's, he's, he's just not very effective at all, those numbers. He's not playing a lot, and, you know, he's given them four and four, basically, um, you know, which is not, not what they need from that position either. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things they could do here. Uh, and, and maybe you're right. Lineups is ultimately going to be the thing they could do. They get the most bang for the buck because I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, you could trade Beal, you could trade Wall. You probably don't get the full value for them by doing that, um, but I, it would be interesting to me if, they, if that happened. Let, let me ask you a question, and, okay. and maybe this is something that you uh, will make a video about, but someone texted me tonight to ask yeah. what I thought. Are we at the point where it's almost unanimous that people would take Beal over Wall? Ooh. Um, I, I kind of do. Don't we? Do we think I that? Think, I think it is that way. I think I think we're there. Um, I don't know that I'm all the way there, but I definitely am leaning 
much more toward Beal than Wall these days, uh, you know, any given night. I mean, it's Isn't that interesting, right? Yeah. It's so, interesting. I mean, like, listen, Beal's 24 game. He's an all-star. He make, he's three, almost four assists a game, 4.4 rebounds, uh, and he shoots, you know, 38% from three uh, on, on uh, like six and a half attempts. John Wall is actually taking four attempts a game, threes a game, and it's at 36%, which is really pretty impressive for him. And he's about you know, 19 and 9 from the assist points and then right. you know, the same rebounds. So it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, now Beal has, has been healthy, which has been a fantastic thing for him because that's always been the one thing that's been holding him back. And because he, he plays good defense, he's a, you know, a, a stretch-the-floor shooter. So, um, gosh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, God, this is where we are now, huh? It's amazing. It, but yeah. it's, it really is crazy how, how the narrative has changed. Beal being healthy is, has been a large part of this. Because, you know, two years ago in the playoffs, you, like, we, we've talked about how good Beal looked, especially yeah. running the second units as the primary ball handler. Guy's got a really nice off-the-dribble game. He's a great shooter. I mean, he's got a beautiful stroke. Yeah. And, and he can actually get to the hoop, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's an interesting situation. It, it's funny because I look at the Dame and CJ situation, right? Yeah. And it's it's very similar to the Wall Beal scenario. It's you yeah. know not that I feel like CJ has surpassed Dame or anything like that, but I just think that it's funny when you get these two dynamic players that are sharing the backcourt together. Uh, like, cause I, I wouldn't put Steph and clay that way. I, I actually think Steph and clay complement each other really, really well. Right. Like clay's ability to just hit every shot <laughs> basically. Right. Like it's so useful, but you know, where you've got a guy like, like CJ and like Beal playing next to guys that need to have the ball in their hands to be ultra effective. And then they themselves are really effective with the ball. It, it puts you in these weird Situations. Right. I mean, I'm always a fan of having more talent on the court, and especially talent that can do stuff with the ball in their hands. Yeah. Um, but you have to start to wonder about building out the rest of the team, and whether it makes sense to to sort of distribute some of that supreme talent, and have maybe a couple of, you know, like a, a really good center and a nice bench player instead of John Wall or Bradley Beal, and maybe go more toward like a league average sort of player in that spot it's 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 a weird team building sort of question to think about but right and portland again also is one of those things where they they kind of doomed to be this mediocre team that they can't quite get above they can't get low enough to get a better pick so that's another issue where you know i'd be surprised if they made a trade but certainly they're stuck and this year you know, all right, they'll make the playoffs. They should make the playoffs, and they'll probably be a first-round exit, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, who knows what Olshay will do up there because um, there might be something he might be willing to do that'd be like kind of, you know, go for broke here and, and try and shake some things up. So that, I'm, that's how I always feel. I always look at it like, you know what, two years in, two and a half years in, it's not clicking, and we can see that. Then, like, let's get some value before these guys aren't worth much or, or worth less. And, and that's where I would land on all yeah. those teams. Yeah, I I, I agree. All right. Well, let's, let's although, end this. Although, hang on. Yeah? Although Toronto proves that that 
is yeah. not always the right way to go. So right, although it's also the coaching style which they did radically change uh, this year. Uh, and had they done it with another coach, then I probably wouldn't have been calling for what we've been calling for, breaking the whole team up. And again, kudos to Dwayne Casey for doing that and uh, staying the course for now. Uh, and it'll be an interesting video, perhaps. Uh, is it ra- the Raptors or the Celtics? Who are the ones who are going to de- dethrone the Cavs from the Eastern Conference? Hey, I'll tell you, and we haven't talked about this at all. Um, that Celtics-Warriors game last night, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. We need that. I mean, Curry and Kyrie just, I mean, that was like a heavyweight fight. And then, of course, Curry is just the greatest of all time. Uh, it, was, 49... it was the greatest duel of all time, I, I would say, shooting-wise. I mean, the, 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 Curry shot 67% and, 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 didn't, and Kyrie shot better than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a crazy matchup. Are you going to do a video about that? You know, it's funny that you ask because I already <laughs> did. And I just released it a go. few hours or hours ago, and it's doing really well. So check it out if you are uh, online anywhere, uh, because we made that exact point uh, that it is. It was really fun uh, and a crazy, crazy game. And you know, Steve Kerr fouled up by three in the backcourt. Good for him. Yep. Thank God he's showing us the way. Um, and, and, and by the way, they, they, if you notice, they did it the right way. Because there was no timeouts, they had to inbound it all the way in the backcourt. They even let him take even more timeout before they fouled him, so it was even a, a better foul. Uh, just yeah. really smart all the way around. So, but a great, yeah, And by the way, Kyrie kind of has to go crazy just for them to kind of be as close as they are, right, in theory. Um, so, but, but I still think it would be a good series either oh, way. Yeah. And Kyrie has the potential to do that, you know, on any given night in the playoffs. We've seen it. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting. Here, we, we here's what it. I'd say. I, I think that there's a great chance that the Cavs could beat the Celtics or the Raptors, like th- that they still will beat them in, in like six or something, right? Yeah. But I don't think – I think the Cavs get swept almost certainly by the Warriors. Yeah. But I think the Raptors or Celtics could maybe win a game at home. Right. Okay. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Sure, sure. Listen, yeah. the Warriors are not infallible, and we've seen moments and stretches this year right. where, like, when they kind of collectively go off, get off uh, and not make shots, it ain't looking so pretty all of a sudden. So, remember, all those things are fueled by the jump shooting. You know, their defense is better when they're making those shots, and they can be in the set position to, to, to begin the possession. So, uh, yeah, there, there are vulnerabilities, if, they're, if you can call them that, with a team like the Warriors. But either way, I, I would agree – uh, there's no way the war. I don't think the Cavs do any better than they did last year, and and that and it was even the one they won. It was kind of a bummer. So, uh, not a bummer, but it's just like not that competitive. So yeah, we deserve we deserve something new. I, I'm ready for something new. I'm always ready to sweep out the closet and bring some new clothes in. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Um, I, I'd be really curious to see if if Stevens, uh, you know, can handle that moment as far as coaching decisions and whatnot. Oh. Because, you know, yeah. I'm sure he playoffs can. Is, playoffs are a different beast, and you've got to think in a different way. And, uh, you know, I think that the, the few guys that are amazing in the regular season and also amazing in the playoffs are few and far between. So I'm, right. I'm excited right. to see it when he's got a team that, you know, is built like this. It's a, it's a really fun team, too. So. For sure, for sure. All right, well, listen, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But a great podcast nonetheless. Can't wait to get this up and ready to go for tomorrow morning early. Uh, and so stay tuned and, you know, give us a little like and a rating on iTunes if you can. Check out the YouTube channel. All the videos are coming up. We've been nailing them uh, pretty well for the last uh, month and a half or two months. So get over there. Dave, anything else you want to plug? No. Great. Well, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let's wrap this up by saying, as we always say, 
Don't forget, sports fans at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You win? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs>